What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast, where we'll discuss this week's big headlines in news and entertainment and keep you up to date with Cal Poly news. I'm Zachary Donenfield. And I'm Caitlin Scott. And you're listening to The Flip Side. And in today's news. In today's news, we're going to touch on something a little heavier. Obviously, the big thing of the week was the mass shooting in Florida. It's it's so terrible. I was watching some videos this morning just about it. And I think it's so sad that we live in a place now where like, parents can't even send their kids to school without feeling uncomfortable or not knowing if their kid's going to come home from school. And that's terrible. Yeah, I mean, this is the reality that we live in now. I asked my dad actually a question not too long ago. He was like, Dad, when you were growing up, did you experience anything like what's going on now in terms of domestic violence and terrorism. Terrorism wasn't really even a term, right? And his answer was no. Like, this sort of thing didn't happen. So I think the question we should be asking ourselves is, why is this happening and how can we prevent it? And in the wake of these attacks, the one that happened in Las Vegas and you know now this one and Sandy Hook, Things are not changing. Things are getting worse. You're seeing the frequency of these shootings increase, and you're seeing the death toll rise, and you're seeing the same weapons used over and over and over again, that being the use of the AR-15, which is that semi-automatic military-style rifle that is legal for citizens to buy. Things need to change. Yeah, and we've been saying enough is enough for so long now. Like after the Colorado theater shooting, it was like enough is enough. After Sandy Hook, enough is enough. Then we got to Las Vegas, and I was actually a little disappointed in how things played out in Las Vegas. Like, that was the biggest mass shooting in U.S. history, and it got coverage for two weeks, and it dropped. It was done. Yeah. And nothing came about it. And I don't don't know the solution, and I don't know what they're going to do, but something needs to be done. It's just not—it's not fair— No, I mean, young people's lives are being robbed. Seven of the 14 students that were killed were 14 and under. They were, they had just entered high school. Well, everyone that was killed, including the faculty, was under 50. Yeah, it was young, all young people. Yeah. You know, with the rest of their lives ahead of them. And I don't know, it hits especially home for me, and I'm sure it does for you as well, because, you know, we're both young people and we attend a university, and it's not unfathomable that something similar could happen right here. Mm-hmm. And what safety measures are in place to protect us if something were to happen happen here? Yeah, I was watching this video and they were interviewing a teacher at the school and the reporter asked her, what do you think you guys could have done better? And the woman said, we did everything we could. Like we were so prepared for this to happen. We took every single possible measure, possible angle at how we could go about this if something were to happen. She's like, but at the end of the day, you can prepare all you can, but there's still someone on campus with a semi-automatic weapon. Mm -hmm. And that's horrible because it's like here you had a situation where they felt prepared and they felt like they did everything they could do, but you still have unarmed citizens versus... A kid with a gun. Mm -hmm. And how are you supposed to protect yourself with... Right. 
one of the main arguments is we need to arm our schools, right? We need to have them that they need that schools need to have armories essentially. And I don't agree but with that. But that's sad too. Like we're just playing fire with fire. No, and just because someone has a weapon that can use that against a killer doesn't mean that they know how to effectively use it and doesn't mean that there isn't going to be collateral damage that they might accidentally strike a student rather than the intended target. No, the, the solution is these weapons need to be taken off the market altogether. It needs to be much more difficult or illegal entirely for people to get their hands on these weapons. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I would go as far as to say like these weapons shouldn't be on the market, but I do agree that but it's it's you it, can't they're too attainable. Like this kid walked into a shop, bought a gun and shot up a school the next day. There was no question, there was no background check like it was that easy for him to go buy a gun. Okay, so I I need to impart on you why this gun in particular needs to be illegal. The AR-15 is a military-style semi-automatic rifle that's modeled after the M16, which is a military automatic weapon. It has really low recoil, meaning the time it takes to restabilize yourself to pick another target after firing once is very short, meaning it's super effective at firing multiple rounds with deadly accuracy really quickly. It has high-capacity magazines, meaning it can hold a lot of bullets to kill a lot of people. This, has n- this is not a hunting rifle. This is meant for only one thing, to kill things as quickly as possible. And that's what makes it the perfect weapon for any murderer. That's why it was used in Las Vegas. That's why it was used at Sandy Hook. That's why it was used in Florida. It, this, this weapon has been banned once before. Clinton signed the assault Weapons Act, which banned it from 1994 to 2004. And ever since that act went out of commission, essentially, the sales of these weapons have spiked. And as a result, you've seen an increase in the deadly nature of these mass shootings. This should be illegal. This weapon should be illegal. You know way more about the gun, clearly, than I do. Yeah. It's just... uh, I know. It's it's a slippery slope because we have the right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's necessarily a right that should be stripped from us. Mm-hmm. But this can't keep happening. No, it can't. And we're becoming so desensitized to it, too, that that's scary. It is. Because what we were sitting in class the other day when we found out it happened, and you look around and everyone just shrugs their shoulders. And it's like, oh, it's another one. And I think that's when you know you have a problem, is mm-hmm. when... You're looking at these mass shootings. You're looking when you, 17 students died and you go, eh, it happens. That's not okay. No, I completely agree. I, I find myself desensitized to it as well. You oh, know? completely. Because that's all, what, there's been 18, 19 since 2018 began and it's February 15th? Yeah. One thing I do want to say in like, you know, closing this segment is I really want to Put some light on the heroes of this tragedy. The three teachers that were gunned down were all attempting to usher those kids to safety, and they lost their lives as a result. And that really hits home for me. These teachers went above and beyond what their job entailed, and they just were supreme human beings. 
and they lost their lives for it and I'm sure that they saved some lives for it as well and so I just want to on air express my gratitude to those who in the face of you know such terror were able to think outside themselves and put themselves in harm's way to save lives so they're the real heroes Moving on into some entertainment news. Peter Rabbit. What's going on with Peter Rabbit? All right. So Peter Rabbit is a new children's movie that's coming out, animated based on the the children's book. And a lot of people are up in arms for a a pretty funny reason, in my opinion. There's one scene in which Peter Rabbit is trying to save his family from the antagonist of the movie, which is a human who's trying to kill Peter Rabbit and his family by slingshotting a raspberry into his mouth because Peter Rabbit knows that he has an allergic reaction to blackberries. And oh boy, did the internet get angry. (laughs) I love the internet. Yeah, so you had uh, organizations who champion for children's, like, allergy health and stuff uh, tweeting like, how dare you include something like this in a film? You're teaching kids that it's okay to be insensitive to other kids' allergies. Okay, can we like back up for a second? Can we just take a moment for some Disney movies? Okay, let's go back to like the old time Disney movies. All right. There is some dark shit in those movies. Are you kidding me? And people are pissed about this? Okay, let's talk about which one. What can I think of? Um... Snow White. Mm. It's essentially this woman who is what a slave to these like seven men. There's one. There's Sleeping Beauty who, what she must do everything for this guy, and this guy is the only way that she's gonna like ever wake up again, like, ever be a person. And then there's Ariel who she she must fall in love in order to get her voice and her legs. The list goes on of like, <laughs> of weird like tropes happening in these children's movies, and people are pissed about this thing. I have a raspberry allergy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I I think it's pretty ridiculous. Oh, it's so annoying. People get upset about everything. No, like I'm... there's some some violent ass kids movies, and and people are pissed about this. And people are pissed about yeah. Yeah. So as a result of this fallout of all these people on Twitter and and Facebook getting so angry and up in arms about this one scene in this film, Sony actually issued an apology. They caved. I can't believe they caved. See, this is why you have people who think it's acceptable to just be offended about everything because, you know, these big corporations, they take heed and they notice and then they apologize. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry that we offended anyone. I'm like, no, they should just be like, are you kidding me? Dude, come on. Yeah, relax. <laughs> Can we? Uh, Do we have another? Oh, yeah. We got, I got one more for you. Caitlin's got another. I, I just think story. this is so funny. Um, so there's this lawyer from Germany. And over the past two and a half weeks, Someone has been sending him unsolicited pizzas. Just like sending him a pizza? Just sending him a pizza. Like it's kind of nice. He doesn't order the pizza. He just gets them. Doesn't sound like a problem to me. But he has received more than 100 pizzas 
been multiple shops over the past two weeks and he's saying that he can't even get his work done because it's so distracting. And I think this is hilarious. There is someone who is trolling this guy with pizzas. Like how genius. He's like a lawyer. It's probably like a pissed off client or something. And he's like, you know how I'm going to get him? I'm going to send him all these pizzas. I just think it's so funny. I wonder if he's like recruiting other people to just send this guy pizzas as well because that's a pretty expensive troll if you ask me i know pizzas aren't cheap maybe maybe it's a little different in germany i want i want to be trolled with pizzas i would love to be trolled with pizzas too but i could imagine if it okay you've got 100 pizzas yeah um so yeah this guy this guy's being trolled with pizzas and kudos whoever is behind the trolling like this is what we need in the world. We don't need people getting angry, like sending them death threats or anything like that. We need people to be like, I'm going to get this guy back by just trolling him as hard as I possibly can. And sending him a bunch of pizzas. That's like going into the DMV to pay like some bill with like just pennies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So oh, I'm a fan of that. All right. So moving on to some Cal Poly news. So recently, the administration has proposed a fee for out-of-state students in order to help fund low-income in-state students. And this fee is so bizarre to me. I cannot wrap my head around it. So basically, President Armstrong has proposed the Cal Poly Opportunity Fee, and he's applying it to new incoming out-of-state students. And the fee would begin as a $2,000 extra increase on top of their tuition in order to essentially pay for low-income students' tuition in-state. But it doesn't stop at $2,000. So starting in the fall of 2017, it would start at $2,000. By fall of 2019, it would be $4,000. 2020, $6,000. And 2021 and beyond, they would be paying an extra $8,000 per year. So the idea is to phase in doubling this this $2,000 increase or doubling the amount until they got to an $8,000 cap increase for out-of-state students. Yes, and they're using this to, it, it will be used as a grant to apply to low-income students strictly in the College of Engineering. This is not for all colleges. And the grant's available to DACA recipients. So that's also like, this is very specified. Like, it's only engineering students, mm-hmm. and it's DACA recipients. And it's only in-state students. And it's only given to in-state students. Mm-hmm. It's not fair at all. And just for some reference points, tuition fees at Cal Poly for an in-state student is $9,000 a year. For out-of-state students, that's $21,000. So by 2021, out-of-state students would be paying roughly... Almost $30,000 to go here. That is triple the amount of in-state students. Mm -hmm. And here's my take on it, okay? I'm one of those students that doesn't receive financial aid. I'm kind of in that awkward bracket where my family by no means has a way to pay for my schooling. But I fall in the middle class, so I don't receive financial aid. So I'm imagining myself having this fee of essentially paying for other students schooling well like I can't even pay for my own like you can't expect that from people that's not fair no it's wrong and this sentiment our sentiment is echoed by the rest of the student body according to MN um, when they polled a certain 
portion of, I think it was maybe a thousand students, 85% of them, 86% of them said no, they, they didn't support the decision. This is apparently an attempt to help the diversity problem at Cal Poly. And there is a diversity problem, and I think that needs to be addressed. But this is not the way to do it. This not is not all. the solution. Are you kidding me? Not at all. And I mean, charging people to pay for other people's schooling? Diversity doesn't just mean racial diversity as well. Meeting someone from Kentucky, for example, you know, while living in California, having someone from Kentucky come from out of state to come to Cal Poly, that's a form of diversity. That person probably has, you know, a different set of values and grew up a different way than we did on the West Coast. And so having exposure to a person like that would increase diversity here at Cal Poly, increase exposure to other mm -hmm. cultures and people with different mindsets. So, no, I, I think that it's only looking to diversify Cal Poly in one direction, in the racial direction. And I think the only reason that they're doing that is because Cal Poly has been getting a lot of heat recently for not being racially diverse. There are ways to fix that. And I agree that this is an issue, but this is not the way. You could have gone a totally different way with this, too. Like, if this was really something that you were thinking about doing, put a $200 fee on every single student rather than just targeting out-of-state students. Wouldn't that be better if you had this fee of $100, $200, like mm -hmm. knowing that like, okay, that's nowhere near two grand, but much more feasible and understanding. I don't, I, I don't think this is going to go through. I think people are going to be up in arms about it enough that it, I don't see it actually happening. I mean, people are already pissed about that health fee increase. Oh, know? and that was a hundred, speaking of a hundred dollar increase on something. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to go through, but it's... No, if I, you don't agree with it, go go say something about it. I took the little poll, or not the poll. They sent an email. Yeah, about oh. like your thoughts. Yeah, right. No, I think that it's important that us Cal Poly students use our voices and uh, express our displeasure with this referendum, with this idea, because no, this is not the direction we want to take in order to increase diversity at Cal Poly. We want to increase diversity but not at the expense of other students. Are you ready for the B-side? I'm a little scared. I have an idea of what's going to be happening, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's roll in. Rolling into the B-side. Okay, so in honor of President's Day weekend and getting a little bit of a break, relaxing a bit, I thought it would be a fun idea to test our presidential knowledge to see how much we actually know about U.S. presidents. And... Zach's over there looking a little nervous, not going to lie. Yeah, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. He's, he told me before we came in here, he's like, I'm really nervous for the B-side today. Like, I don't think I'm going to do very well. No, and then all our listeners will, like, know me for being a terrible American. Did you take A-push? I didn't take A-push. Okay, so, like, what's your, what's your gauge right now with history? How you, how you feeling? The last history class I took... I was American government in 2014 at the University of Montana. I don't remember it very well. I'm feeling a little good. Yeah, because you're in a history class okay, right now. To be fair, this history class is not like memorizing random facts about history. Like it's a it's structured very differently. Yeah, no. I, but I, I did, I did take um, a push, a push, and watch me just do terrible now that I said that. All right, well, let's roll into this. All right, question number one. Who was the only president to serve more than two terms? Oh. Ulysses S. Grant, 
FDR, George Washington, or Teddy Roosevelt? I know this one. I think it was FDR. Ding, 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 ding. Do you know why? Oh, Come no. Come on, you know why. Do I know why? Yeah, it was because of the war. Was it? We were in the middle of World War II, and they didn't want to go through an auction, so they just let them keep going. He really served as that. president for over 12 years, the longest time in office. He's the only president to serve more than two terms, and he died shortly into his fourth term in 1945, right before the end of the war. <laughs> I'm probably going to kill this game. <laughs> Oh, God. Caitlin's much better at U.S. history than I am. Hey, but you got the first one. Well done. Yay. All right. Question number two. Who was the only president to serve two non-consecutive terms? Teddy Roosevelt, Ronald Reagan, Grover Cleveland, or Woodrow Wilson? Okay. Well, I've never heard of Cleveland. I've literally <laughs> never heard of that president ever. Um, and I know it wasn't Reagan. So it was either Teddy Roosevelt or who was the other one? I think you're wrong. I think it's actually Cleveland. Well, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't say oh, it wasn't Woodrow Cleveland. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, I just hadn't heard of Cleveland. I'm going to say Woodrow Wilson, but I probably... Are you locking that in? Yeah, I'm locking it in. I was right! Damn it. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Does uh, it say why? Grover Cleveland served two non-consecutive terms and is counted chronologically as both the 22nd and 24th president. I actually think he was kind of liked, and then he didn't run, and then like he ran again. Because mm. you can only serve two terms as president, yeah. but you don't have to serve them consecutively. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting that that happened. Yeah. Mm. All right, question number three. Who is the oldest elected president? Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, Dwight D. Eisenhower, or James Buchanan? I think it was Ike. I think it was Ike, too. He was old. He was old. Oh, my God, it's Donald Trump. No f***ing way. Really? Donald Trump was seven years old and seven months when he was inaugurated in January 2017. I guess that makes sense. I knew he was old. Yeah. But I thought Eisenhower was older. I really want to know how old he was now. This is going to entail math. Do you want to do it? Yeah, sure. Give it to me. He was born 1890. And in 1952, he was U.S. president. So he was 62. Hmm. So he was pretty old. I mean, Bernie would have been older. Yeah, Bernie would have been older. Okay, it was Donald Trump. I mean, it makes sense. Guy practically has dementia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Who was the first president to live in the White House? Andrew Jackson, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, or George Washington? Okay, well, it wasn't George Washington... I don't think it was Adams either. I think it was Jefferson. Okay. I think it was Washington because didn't, wasn't it, wa no, shit. No. Who? The White House hadn't been built. Yeah. I think it's Jefferson. That's my guess. Okay, I don't know. It's Adams. Darn. He was the, he was the second president of the United States. Adams was the second president of the United States, right? John Adams became the first president to take residence in the White House. Darn. I was thinking it was darn. Okay. So before the 12th Amendment was passed in 1804, how was the vice president determined? Was he appointed by the president, the presidential candidate receiving the second largest number of electoral votes, there was no official vice presidents, or president and vice president were voted on separately? I think I know this. I think it was 
um, the last. I think they were voted on separately. Yeah, I think so too. No. What was it? <laughs> the presidential candidate receiving the second largest number of electoral votes. Okay, that was my second guess, but I thought maybe they would have been separately. Yeah. So the vice president was originally determined by the presidential candidate receiving the second largest number of electoral votes. And then the 12th Amendment passed in 1804, changing the system so that the Electoral College voted separately for president and vice president. Okay, so it came, like, after that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Which U.S. president signed the treaty to purchase Alaska from Russia? Was it Andrew Jackson, James Buchanan, Andrew Johnson, or Ulysses S. Grant? Uh, Alaska from Russia. That must have been, a, like, relatively... You know, I, I, it's not... I don't know. I think it's Andrew Johnson. Yeah, or or Grant. I'm going to say Grant. Okay. Oh, you were right. Uh, it was Johnson. Zach is so focused right now. I wish you could see his face. He's he is, like I need so to get these serious. Right. I need to get these right. My, my honor is on the line. The purchase of Alaska from the Russian Empire in 1867 is considered Andrew Johnson's most important foreign policy action. Who was the first president to appear on TV? I know this. This is so easy. Come on. Do you want the options? Okay. Eisenhower, FDR, JFK, or Truman? JFK. Thank you. Yes, it was JFK. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. No. Holy moly. Is FDR? Oh, to appear on black and white television was FDR. Okay, but FDR was the one that was known for radio. He put out weekly, like, radio announcements. Mm. You haven't seen, like, photos of that? He was the one that, like, Radio was Twitter for him. And he, <laughs> radio was to FDR as Twitter is to Donald Trump. Exactly. That's so funny. But JFK was the one that, like, remember it was between him and, was it Nixon? And he was, like, better on TV. I mean, I know that he was a fantastic public speaker. Yeah, and so that's why he, he got nominated. Okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> Who was the first president to be impeached? Alan Coolidge, Bill Clinton, Andrew Johnson, or Richard Nixon? It was Bill Clinton. You are so wrong. Wait, what? Johnson was impeached on February 24th, 1868 in the U.S. House of Representatives on 11 articles of impeachment dealing his high crimes and misdemeanors in accordance with Article 2 of the blah, blah, blah Constitution. Well, I really had no idea. I actually knew that. I knew Bill Clinton wasn't the first one. I just didn't know it was Johnson. Oh. Well, I Nick- could have process of elimination that, but I didn't. Yeah, Nixon resigned before he was impeached. Mm-hmm. Calvin Coolidge isn't shouldn't even be on that list. And then I guess, yeah, I guess Andrew Johnson was the first. You just felt confident. It's okay. Ugh, All right, let's do one more. All right. Ready? Yeah. Who is the only unanimously elected president by the Electoral College? Is it George Washington, FDR, JFK, or Ronald Reagan? Not Ronald Reagan and not Kennedy. I think it was George Washington. Correct. He did it. Yeah, because he was the first one. So, like, they were like, hey, let's give it to George Yeah, Washington. wasn't he also, like, a war hero? So everyone was like, he is for he's sure a, our he's next our number president. one. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Well, you didn't you didn't do terrible, but. But I didn't do great either. You're a little rusty. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. It's so good. It you know it put me in a place. I need to do a little more research on our. It's presidents. okay. You you still gotta take your G one, so you can take the history class. No, I gotta take know. Pulse one one one. I only have to take one credit for my American experience. 
All right. That's all we've got for you today. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Flip Side. We'll be bringing you new episodes every Tuesday. So stay tuned for more. Cut. That's a wrap for Acapulco Scene 4. Well done, everybody.